0: Welcome to the Wise Women Diaries podcast. This is where shame and victimhood die. I am a woman that questions everything, so this podcast is a reflection of that. Here we speak on non-mainstream perspectives, like healing our childhood wounds, learning to trust ourselves, the voice of fear versus intuition, and how children are our teachers. We discuss what it looks like to own your power as a woman and step out of the medical paradigm. That's why I am obsessed with interviewing women who trust their bodies and babies in home birth and free birth and their wild journey from maiden to mother. Ultimately, this podcast is for women who want to thrive and have inner peace, learning how to take radical responsibility for their life and shed victimhood, for good I really think this topic is so important it is the basics of body awareness and self-awareness so the human experience is walking around in our daily life Trying to feel certain sensations and trying to get rid of certain sensations in our body. Because the feeling of embarrassment is a sensation in our body. The feeling of confidence is a sensation in our body. The feeling of disgust is a feeling, a sensation in our body. It's a sensation. We are nervous systems and we walk around in our everyday life wanting to feel specific sensations and wanting to get rid of very specific sensations. This very simple concept is to me the truth of every single person's life on earth. But it is more afforded to people that are out of survival mode. Because if we were in the woods needing to catch every animal for our meal. And in that level of like caveman survival mode. We wouldn't even be having conversations like this. About the sensations in your body. No, because you are focused on survival. Where is my next meal coming from? But we don't live... In that world anymore and many of us don't you know obviously in third world countries and in underprivileged situations that still exists of course but a lot of us can have these level of conversations because we're not in that level of survival mode because being in survival mode needing to catch or get money for your next meal the sensation that's predominantly in your body is of hunger. And you need to do anything, anything possible to get that feeling of hunger down. So it's still true, right? We are feeling the sensation of hunger and we need to go and do something about it because it hinges on our, our survival. So anyways, what guides our days, our actions, our goals is sensations. The body sensations that we experience. This is very kindergarten level basic body awareness, but I think a lot of us are just now learning this because we really weren't taught this, right? And I think the consciousness on the planet is changing, which is why we're talking about it, which is why younger generations are becoming more intelligently with their emotions, emotional intelligence, The planet is waking up. We are going off of autopilot into self-awareness, into consciousness. So we now get to have these conversations of, oh, what actions am I doing on a daily basis of trying to gain a certain sensation? Am I stuffing my face with junk food to try to get the quickest hit of the sensation of pleasure I'm actively yelling at my children because they are making me so angry and irritated that yelling at them is trying to solve the problem of getting rid of these sensations in my body. Everything we do is to gain certain sensations and get rid of certain sensations. And the hilarious thing is that we blame other people for making us feel certain sensations in our own body. We are a victim to other people because we think, you made me feel this sensation of irritation. And I'm so annoyed that you made me feel this bad sensation. This ugh sensation. And I want to get rid of it. So our goals list. Our dreams our goals in life. If you really look at it and do reflective work on the goals you have in life, I would, I would bet that what you are really seeking is a very specific sensation. So say your goal is to become a mother. Well, what is the sensation of becoming a mother that you are actually reaching for? That is really important work. If you want a new house, a bigger house, a new house, why? What sensations are you searching for with wanting a new house? More room? What is that sensation? More natural light? What is that sensation in your body? Because we're, we are chasing sensations. You want a romantic partner? What are the sensations in your body that you are hoping to feel with that romantic partner? You want to lose weight? What are the sensations you are chasing that you believe you will have if you lose weight? And I'm thinking that if we have predominantly, you know, low vibe sensations, I don't want to say bad sensations because... I don't like labeling things good and bad as black and white like that. But say we predominantly have sensations we don't like on a daily basis. Typically, if that is the case, you know, day after day, week after week, that's what propels us to change. If we have constantly sensations that we don't like, usually that is what propels us to change. Because it's like, I don't like this feeling constantly in my body. I need it to pivot. And that's when we take self-responsibility to change our life. But then the conversation of kink comes in. Existential kink. It is my favorite conversation. If you go back to the episode called Do You Secretly Like the Pain in Your Life podcast episode? That is about existential kink. That is shadow work. It's this concept of you say you don't like this thing in your life. But if it's present in your life, then your ego, your mind is benefiting in some way. For example, say you're a parent and you complain about your kids all the time. You you are a victim to your child. They make me so irritated. They make me so angry. They're so whiny. whiny. They're so loud, right? This victimhood, towards children is is a big thing. But if a parent really, really is complaining about their child a lot, I would say that the parent is benefiting from complaining about their children. Their mind is gaining something from complaining. And you could complain about anything, right? You You could constantly be complaining about your boss. You could be constantly complaining about your body. You could constantly be complaining about your partner. You could apply it to anything. Constantly complaining about the same thing over and over again. You actually secretly like it because you're not changing anything. You're not changing your perception. You're not changing anything. So your mind is benefiting from this complaining. And so how could that be? People do everything for an emotional need or a sensation. So if you're constantly complaining about your partner, or your child or your boss, that is such a quick, easy way to get attention, love, to be seen and heard. So people complain that their boss is annoying or complain that their child's annoying and it's a constant complaint. But really in the complaining, they're getting attention or sympathy Or they're being seen and heard in their struggle which feels good so we are gaining something from complaining is being radically honest with yourself you stop lying to yourself and you are just radically honest oh i like being a victim to my child because then i get to complain and then i get my emotional need filled of attention, love, being seen and heard. So you're radically honest with yourself that you like to be a victim to your child. You like to complain instead of acting like you don't, acting, lying to yourself. So existential kink work is this radical shift of honesty with yourself. So another example for me personally, you know, I've been trying to get pregnant for so many years and... This is in the other episode, but it's a very good example of kink work. So the two-week wait after ovulation then when you're finding out if you're pregnant or not. I used to complain that it's so hard. It's so hard. The mystery is so hard. And I would complain. I would be a victim to that two weeks and complain that it was so hard. But when I did existential kink work on this, shadow work, where I'm like, well, No. I have to like it to some degree if this keeps happening. If I keep perpetuating this cycle, I have to be liking it on some level in my body. I have to be enjoying it, benefiting from it in some way because it's present in my life. So when I was honest with myself, I realized that the two-week wait is the only part of the month where hope is alive for me. And so hope is so sensational in my body. And so the two-week wait is actually the most sensational time of the entire month. So I love it. I get off on it. I love it so much. And when I was trying to play a victim to it and say, oh, I don't, <laughs> the two-week wait so hard. It's a lie. It's a lie. We tell ourselves these stories of, and we lie to ourselves because we're not willing to be honest. Being radically honest with yourself is for a certain type of person at a certain moment in life but most of us lie and lie and lie until we are ready to be honest and i was ready to be honest last summer realizing that the two week wait was the best time of the month not the worst it was so sensational i loved it i love it i love it because hope is alive and i feel so sensational in my body so kink work This level of inner work is about sensation. It's all about sensation. The author of Existential Kink, Carolyn Elliott, the big example she uses in her book is that what changed her life is that she realized that this victim mentality of being poor was so sensational in her body and she wasn't willing to make more money Um, because she was addicted to the sensation of poverty and so she had to be so honest with herself that she enjoyed the sensation of poverty and once she did she then radically changed her life and now she makes a lot of money. (laughs) Another example of kink work that I did with my friend is that she's chronically late, always late and She tried lying to herself and saying, I hate being late and I'm always late and I don't like being late. And then we did kink work on it. And she realized that she really loved the sensations of being late because when people were waiting on her, she felt special and she felt powerful. She tried lying to herself for years and years and years. I hate being late. I don't like being late. But then kink work gets you radically honest with yourself. It's about yourself being honest. She's like, oh, I keep being late. I'm chronically late because I actually like it. Because it makes me feel special that everyone is waiting on me. Another example of kink work is myself. This personal example was listening to a heartbreak song and feeling the sensations that arose in my body when listening to heartbreak songs because I've always been honest about I like heartbreak songs but I never understood why and it's because the sensation of heartbreak most people have a secret kink with the heartbreak sensation because it's so alive in our body that heartbreak feels like the most alive energy ever and we secretly like it. So we could consciously be like, oh, heartbreak sucks. It's so dark, it's so painful. But then if we kind of are addicted to heartbreak songs and we purposely put ourselves into that emotion, that sensation of heartbreak by listening to songs and seeking songs out, like literally putting on a song to evoke the sensations of heartbreak, then we do have a kink with it, right? We do like the feeling of that sensation and we say it's pain, but really it is pleasurable to a degree because we feel alive. And for most people, the sensation of suffering is the most alive feeling in our body. And if we've had so much practice with that, we kind of get mm, addicted to You know, self-sabotage to keep feeling suffering because we feel alive. And that's pretty deep stuff. So next I want to go into why do we evoke certain sensations as an adult that we don't technically like? Well, our nervous system as a child was programmed by our parents, It was programmed by our community, by our grandparents, by our teachers. All of those people, that community, programmed our sensations in our body. So if we had a very critical parent, we learned that kind of like love equals criticism. And then we often seek out a partner in our adult years that evoke the sensation of criticism just because it's familiar to us. So for most of us, we are recreating sensations in our adulthood that our parents taught us to create unintentionally. This is on accident. But in a parent a lot of times their voice becomes our inner voice, right? So as an adult then, we might have our own critical voice inside our head that is literally our parent inside our head. And that voice is creating sensations of like, oh, didn't do that good enough. Oh, didn't do that good enough. And we evoke this not enough sensation in our body just by that critical voice in our own mind. So sometimes we you know attract and choose a partner that's very critical and then the sensations in our body constantly feel I'm not enough they criticize this I can't do this good enough I'm not good enough with this or that according to them I am not good enough and it's that sensation of not good enough based on their critique but also we could have taken on that critical voice in our own head and been so and we create scenarios where we're not good enough in our own head to create the sensation of not good enough in our body so we are on autopilot creating sensations in our body that we learned in childhood so i had breakfast with a friend today and she also has a kink with being late and it's different than the kink i said earlier about being late that's a different friend but this friend was saying that her mom was chronically late when she was a child. And so we talked about it and we would guess that as an adult, she is chronically late just to conjure up the sensations of being late just because it's familiar to her. Not because she really likes it, but just because the comfort of the familiarity is what's recreating the pattern because it's the sensations she felt constantly as a child because her mom was always late. So she's recreating that pattern to feel those sensations in her body because we are nervous systems and we were programmed from a child. And as an adult, if we're on autopilot, we are seeking out situations and create stories in our head to evoke certain sensations in our body that are familiar to our childhood just because we don't know any better, (laughs) that's it. And then once you start becoming aware, oh, I keep recreating this pattern of this sensation and I actually don't like it and I am going to choose my agency, my self-responsibility to stop the pattern. And we have that agency as adults. But you only do it, obviously, with this level of self-awareness, this consciousness, and the commitment to change. Because change is hard. To change a pattern in adulthood that was programmed in childhood, it's hard. It's not a necessarily easy task. So in summary feel like this was a very short dense episode <laughs> and you you might need to listen to it a few times to really sink it in but in summary pay attention to the sensations you are chasing on a daily basis some of it you know is very easy to understand and decode but there are like the kink sensations of really enjoying the heartbreak sensation listening to a heartbreak song like really pay attention to that and then pay attention to when you are feeling sensations you do not like where did they come from and what are you trying to do to get rid of them like are you binging food are you scrolling your phone trying to get rid of a sensation you don't like what is your coping mechanism to a sensation you don't like also your goals and dreams. Look at that list in regards to body sensations, because that's really what we want, right? Like hockey players that want to win the Stanley Cup or baseball players that want to win the World Series, they are seeking that sensation of winning that tournament final game, that sensation, that's what they're seeking. And what's interesting is that sensation's only present for, I don't know, a day? a week, not long, but they spend their whole lives seeking that sensation of winning that game, that special game, to feel that special sensation. And then the sensation fades. And then they're on to the next sensation. Okay, what's the next sensation I can feel? (laughs) Because the freedom of figuring out what sensation you're really chasing is that it's not dependent on the external situation, right? If you are seeking the sensation of freedom, there are many ways that you can feel the sensation of freedom beyond making a lot of money and on the drop of a hat, renting a jet to jet off to the Maldives. Like a lot of us think freedom is that, but the true sensation of freedom comes in a wide variety of scenarios and it does not require external situations, right? A lot of times freedom really is the freedom to be your authentic self. That's typically true freedom, but a lot of us humans think freedom equals abundance of money or freedom of time using my time the way I want right that's that's freedom for me for sure so yeah really lean into your goals list your dreams list and the sensations you're really truly honestly seeking day to day because we could just pray for those sensations <laughs> like sometimes things can be easy like if you want more peace in your life you could pray for peace and then take action, right? If you're over committing yourself, stop overcommitting committing yourself. Take action. But sometimes, sometimes it's as simple as praying for peace, praying for a sensation change. It's not about praying for an external circumstance to come true and evolve. We could literally pray for a sensation change. If we are in chaos, we could pray for peace. And then obviously we have self-responsibility and we have self-agency that we have to do certain actions in our day to make peace happen as well. Like it's, we are a co-creation with God.